Howdy, I'm Britton. And I'm Scott. Since 2011, Buckethead has released 334 albums in his Pike series. And we're going to listen to them three at a time. This is Getting Head, a Bucket Cast. <laughs> Welcome, friends, enemies, and sea anemones, anomalies, dichotomies, and those with frontal lobotomies, Ronnies, Johnnies, Donnies, and Sonnies, Doug Funny, Bugs Bunny, and capitalists who like money, two-way gunnies, legal weed gummies, and people who like their eggs runny, people who like their eggs unfertilized, people who look on the brighter side, bump and grind, and come to find, it's time to take a ride. With you and me to Buckethead Land and back because it's episode 103 of Getting Head, a Bucket Cast. Woo. Welcome. 103. 103. It's a, it's a big number. What's, uh, what's 103 to you? 103 is. Uh... Is it one? No, no, that's 101.3 KGOT, the Alaskan radio station. I know, I just thought of like 103.1. 103.1, the Fox? Is that the Fox? 103.1. No, that was not. Uh, I don't know. We should have. I should have done this two, two episodes ago when I had when I had uh, Matt, Matt Collins, Alaskan. yeah, yeah, on the podcast. He knows Alaskan terrestrial radio like the back of his hand. He's been on a couple of bucket bucket casts. Uh, he's actually, I think, our most frequent guest besides my brother. Oh, I bet he's been on like four or five of them. Yeah, we love love the Matt Collins. Love he knows exactly head. exactly what he's doing on the radio. Better broadcaster than me for sure. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we've got a guest today. Welcome back, Mr. Scott. You Hello. Are, you're on episode like 30 or 40 something, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, been a, it's been a long, it's been over a year. I mean, yeah, 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 it has yeah. Been, been some time. Well, welcome back. And, uh, uh, shows shows a little different now. Yeah. No no Spencer. That's and, what I've heard. And, and you're, you're here in the same room with me. Here is, really just to, to replace him. You are, I mean... A, a, you know. Is there any replacing Spencer? You can't do that poorly. <laughs> like, I, I think much better of you than that, Scott. <laughs> um, well, damn. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked to be back. Uh, I liked the first experience. I don't really remember the albums that I listened to the first uh, time, but... That's fair. Remember I mean, I listened they're, to they're, them. You know, they're instrumental albums you listened to over a year ago. I don't expect you to remember them. I don't. I don't really remember at all what albums we listened to together. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean they, they kind of blend in a little bit after a while. I remember yeah. we listened to three pretty good ones, though. I mean, maybe if I would have just like had something like more extreme happening while listening to them. Yeah, because you said you were like driving and just kind of going about your daily tasks and stuff like that. Yeah, if I recall. So. But I mean, if it was like yeah, something that was out of the normal, maybe maybe I would would have. Yeah. Remembered it a little bit more. Like? Like had some emotional connection to it. Mm. Like if you were trying to uh, put your dick on the third rail, you know, the electrified rail on the, uh, like a subway station, you'd probably remember Probably that. remember that. Yeah. 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 So that, that wasn't really as memorable. Do you think the third rail has any connection to Taco Bell's fourth meal? Probably. Yeah, I'd say so too. I think they should probably put a fourth meal on the track as well in case like someone gets hungry while trying to commit suicide. Oh, well, that's very thoughtful of them. <laughs> or it could be. It, it could be. At the same time, like if it's Taco Bell, it 
could probably just give well, a diarrhea. What if they just get somebody to go down to the track for the fourth meal? Oh, that's a great question. Then they get run over by the subway or electrocuted. Like they're just really hungry. Oh, that's so a good, go. very good question. Yeah, well, yeah. questions are uh, not what this podcast is about, though. Not those kinds of questions. I mean, this, this sounds like a Republican solution to the homeless problem. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put the Taco Bell on the track. Come on. <laughs> It'll feed them, and then they'll have a home in heaven. It'll take care of both problems. Feed the homeless and end homelessness. All right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's new with you, Mr. Scott? What's what's going on in life? Uh, well, I live up in Bellingham still. Still. Uh, yeah. Bellingham, Washington. And mm-hmm. I uh, feel like really... Smellingham. Well, it is not as smelly as uh, Tacoma used to be. I mean, though. it's I've not smelly at all. Like, Bellingham not... smells great. I think that there used to maybe be some, some plants and stuff there. Maybe some paper plants and stuff. Well, maybe yeah. not paper, but... I mean, as long as I've gone there, like the first time I went to Bellingham was like 15 years ago. And when I was there, I was like, oh, this is clean and nice as fuck. Though I will say, Mm -hmm. you've never come and visited Bellingham while I've lived there. That's very true. So I'm calling you out on this podcast. Well, I mean, I haven't been to Bellingham since the first time I visited, I'm pretty sure, which was when I was like 19. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now do you know it doesn't smell? I mean, it it was very clean when I went there, and I was like, "Damn, this is a nice campus." I mean, most of the time I was on the, uh, you know, the campus is nice. Yeah, your alma mater's campus there, and it's super fucking clean, super nice. Um, So, you know, I was just like, "Hey," but you know what? Most campuses are pretty clean and nice. Yeah, yeah. Like fucking campuses these days. Colleges spend so much goddamn money on facilities. Yeah. While they're fucking like, uh, you know, their professors get like underpaid. It's dog shit. It is dog shit. Um, but yeah, so I've been living up in Bellingham and, uh, I now, uh, recently, I guess around February, uh, moved to, uh, a lake house. So that's been pretty Ooh, cool. You're on a lake house. That's cool. Uh, and then, yeah. Is just, it a Ricky Lake? It is not a Ricky Lake. No. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty pretty awesome. Uh, and yeah, I have been exploring uh, some cool breath work and other health stuff. Explain but... breath work to uh, to the audience who might not understand. What that's, fair, that's fair. That's yeah, uh, fair. I mean, it's, I mean, it's two words that I know, but together, well, I feel like it could be in a lot of different ways. It could. It, like well, you yeah. could really like look at breath work. You know, it's mindful sort of activities that have to do with the breath. And that could be, you know, there are a bunch of different versions. Uh, You might've heard of like Wim Hof, um, Mm -hmm. which is also doing sort of cold exposure uh, Mm -hmm. with breath uh, and being able to stand, withstand extra cold by breathing in and out really fast. Um, And then, yeah, there's different breathing uh, techniques. And so like you might be doing a lot with just the focusing on how many breaths you're taking in at a time or how many breaths you're taking out. Uh, it can be very, uh, it can be a lot of things like depending on how you do it, it can make you feel sort of like you're on drugs. It can, That's what you said. It's like kind of a natural high. I mean, um, which, which makes sense. Cause like a runner's high is part of that, you know, it's endorphins combined with like, 
you know, kind of not a lack of oxygen, but well, yeah, a lack of oxygen, like the, the oxygen depleting from your blood makes you feel a certain way. So you can do it that way, but you're mm. also like over oxygenating. Uh, Interesting. Okay. So like for the breath work that I've mostly been focusing on, it's, it's two breaths in, okay. uh, you take a breath into the stomach and mm-hmm. then you take a, another breath into sort of the chest Okay, and then breath out. So <sighs> Right. And you all, you do that all through your mouth also mm-hmm. in this technique that, that I practice. Um, so I've been doing a bit of that. I've been making music. Uh, and I've been, yeah, just really enjoying the summer. Got to go to some festivals. Nice. Uh, and, yeah, just got to do some road trip and got to go to uh, – there's a festival rainbow gathering that I really enjoy. Uh, yeah. Oh. And they had their 50th anniversary. Oh, so. shit. Rainbow's been around for 50 years. Yeah, a lot of have, people. So they've been around longer than fucking Burning Man then. Yeah, a lot of crazy. the original people were there, or people mm-hmm. that, you know, are not dead. Uh, but they had said that it was sort of a festival. The Rainbow Gathering, the main people get really upset when it's called a festival, but mm-hmm. technically, like, dictionary-wise, it's, pretty much a festival yeah i mean it's um, a lot of people coming together usually in the woods right yeah um it's uh, kind of like a and it's, thing, a, like it's a free oh, yeah. gathering yeah. and so like money is really frowned upon mm-hmm. you have these big campsites that are formed around these big kitchens and these kitchens give free food to people in Love the it. woods and like you yeah. can help out however you want to oh, yeah. but the old hippies were all like this was sort of their Woodstock after Woodstock. Right, Like they right. were looking for the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And then some of them heard about Rainbow Gathering. And yeah, because so, the next big thing obviously wasn't Burning Man, because Burning Man is not for hippies. I mean, all. the next big thing was Woodstock 99. Oh, hell yeah. That was... I mean, Woodstock 94 was pretty big, too. It was, was great. Woodstock 94 had some banger performances, like fucking Nine Inch Nails performance in Woodstock 94 fucked so hard. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I've been doing, been doing that kind of stuff and yeah, I'm going to start doing some, uh, training for this breath work. Uh, and it's also, uh, combined with cacao ceremony. So okay. been, uh, exploring that as a, uh, substance, uh, it's supposed to be very heart opening and energizing. Um, and so just like learning sort of about where that comes from and what uses it can have and how it can be helpful to different people sick uh, so yeah i've been exploring a lot of that kind of stuff and then doing a bit of voice overwork too oh nice i didn't um, know that yeah yeah i was in a educational video game last nice. year nice. Uh, that, that makes sense you have a very uh, deep rich voice yes i was a uh, prime atlin uh which was no this uh, undersea <laughs> king Oh, nice. sort of like yeah, okay. uh, I could see I could see you definitely Ariel's king. dad yeah, yeah, sort okay. of king, yeah, yeah. king trident kind of no, okay. of, of no, this no, video no, game no. So big, big, uh, baso profundo, booming. Yeah. I am the god of the sea. Type <laughs> yeah. And then I had a, a commercial that I did recently uh, for a Colombian uh, 4G network. They just wanted it to be interesting. Uh, made into an English uh, version of their that's trailer. Cool. The trailer was, was crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's been some of my, my most recent stuff. Hell yeah, dog. Um, I mean, I, I guess you probably talk about what you've been doing, but you... I guess. You know, nothing nothing much is new with me this week. I've uh, been making a ton of fucking merch. You know, if if you haven't seen our merch yet for uh, other podcasts, Soy Trek, go to SoyTrek.com. I've been making so much goddamn merch. That's... So does Bucket ha- not get 
any you know what I have merch. Is there just not the demand? Or you, I, well, why are you not? I've been so busy with the soy trek there. merch that like I am afraid what will happen if I open up a second shop. Like it's I already like kind of struggled with enough time to like run this whole operation because I mean at this point like we're selling well over an average like a, of a hundred dollars a day. Yeah. Um, which typically is between like I'd say six and fifteen orders every single day for me, and you know like packaging those up, making sure everything's perfect, actually producing the merchandise because I make like most of my buttons like day of. Um, so like I mean, just producing the merchandise takes for fucking ever. Yeah, no, I mean it really truly. I mean not not forever. I mean it's you know I, it's worth my time based on like you know what you're making, what you're, I'm making, but at the same time it's just like. I mean, it's a lot, and so uh, me and Pat are going to start uh, like actually dividing the the labor because I'm doing it all now because I ship it all. So yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. Like it's crazy to be just like immediately successful at something, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I have been building this for like four plus months now, um, and kind of like tirelessly and doing it with like memes and stuff. I've got you know several big social media accounts on it, but like it is just like I don't know. Like I have never been immediately successful at something like this but right like you said it's been building it's not it, like this it, yeah, is your exactly. first uh, right. podcast it's not right it's not my first rodeo exactly and thankfully you know like we even did... back in the day when we were making a lot of material like we would make all of our own you know cds and stuff i mean True. we're True. making the shirts and everything but mm-hmm. we honestly like well we did make some. We did make a few shirts. I mean, they were dog shit. Oh, know? they were great. Uh, yeah. Take it back. I, I'm pretty sure. Some if, of the if best I'm mistaken, la- I wish like, one of the last one. time I, I talked to him, Steve-O still had his homemade DTRM shirt that he made. Gosh, we had some, some fucking crazy stuff. We made the best guitar, too. No, oh, the DTRM guitar still exists. It's yeah. somewhere in my house, in or my old house it's masterful, in Alaska. Masterful. It's such a piece of shit. And it oh. sounds like dog shit. I love oh, it. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it's the teeniest, <laughs> fucking scratchiest piece of shit. Uh, oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, well, uh, speaking of awesome guitars, I don't know. Uh, do you want to hear some goth news? Yeah, I do. Let's get into some goth news, baby. Goth news. Goth news. This week in goth news, circling back on a story we reported very early in the history of the segment, the goth house in Illinois has been sold. But this is not good news. It's been sold to an Airbnb landlord. Boo. The 1,500-square-foot house, which is painted entirely black on the exterior and has a dark, mostly monochrome interior, was up for sale last year for less than $300,000. That was the last we heard of it until this week, when an article appeared on my Goth News Google alert, alerting me that it was available again. But this time, is an Airbnb rental. Boo. Airbnb, like most dog shit modern app companies, is a nightmare company that relies on such distance between the consumer and those in charge that there is never any accountability for anything. They're also, like most dog shit modern app companies, extremely anti-labor and, when you think about it, their entire client base is landlords. So mostly fuck them. Also in the article, it says the house is a three-bed, two-bath, and comfortably sleeps nine in 1,500 square feet, which is barely bigger than this condo. 
I feel like this is either irresponsible journalism or maybe written by somebody living in Manhattan. Moving on in goth news. In unfortunate goth obituaries this week, we have lost a goth hero. This week, rapper, actor, and presumably very good friend of Tiny Lister, based on all the movies they're in together, has left our world to live in a gangster's paradise. R.I.P. Coolio. Born artist Leon Ivy Jr. on August 1st, 1963, Coolio came up in the West Coast hip-hop scene in the mid to late 90s, becoming a household name for his smash hit Gangsta's Paradise from the 1995 Dangerous Mind soundtrack, for which he won a Grammy, and then the theme song to Nickelodeon's Keenan and Kel. Later in life, he created a web series called Cooking with Coolio, and released a cookbook in which he refers to a pinch of an ingredient as a dime bag, which is a totally incorrect measurement. Most recently, Coolio was the running mate for pornographic actress Cherry DeVille's Democratic presidential run in 2020. He is survived by his six children and an ex-wife. So sleep forever, goth brother. Dream on, and most importantly, stay dead. And finally in goth news this week, a major ruling in the lawsuit by John Schnatter, uh, goth and pizza patriarch John Schnatter, the founder and chairman and uh, former CEO of Papa John's International against Wasterman Media, founded by media mogul Casey Wasterman and its ad firm Laundry Service, will allow his lawsuit to proceed. The ruling against Wasterman and for Schnatter, uh, um, for Wasserman's motion to dismiss was issued by the Honorable Judge Beaton in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Kentucky at Louisville on September 21st, 2022, just nine days ago. I want to thank Judge Beaton for his thoughtful consideration of our arguments in the hearing Wednesday, said John Schnatter. Over the past 33 months, we have produced a mountain of evidence that proves Wasserman Media Laundry Service and the company CEO Casey Wasserman maliciously set me up, falsely characterized private comments I made against racism when they leaked them in the media and attempted to extort $6 million from Papa John's with Wasserman's threat that would, if not paid, quote, bury your founder. The case, filed in December 2019, revolves around Mr. Schnatter's claim that he was targeted by the defendants, which then leaked secretly recorded private comments by Mr. Schnatter to the media, supposedly out of context to reverse their meaning, maliciously harming him and the company brand. Defendants' actions resulted in a hasty and harmful reaction by the Papa John's board of directors, forcing Mr. Schnatter out of the company he founded 34 years earlier, according to the complaint by Schnatter. Among the many things uncovered in Discovery is a July 1918, uh, 2018 email from Casey Wasserman to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver bragging about having the secret tape recording of the conference call between Laundry Service and John Schnatter. Imagine if he knew I have a recording of the call, Wasserman gloated. <clears throat> While Judge Beaton issued several other rulings in the case Wednesday, the most significant was the one allowing the litigation to proceed giving Mr. Schnatter the opportunity to reveal the massive evidence against the defendants as the case proceeds before the court. As a result of the discovery in the case, we have been able to establish that Wasserman's media ad firm Laundry Service has a contractual obligation to protect Mr. Schnatter in the Papa John's brand, and they did the exact opposite when they set up Mr. Schnatter as revealed in their secret audio recording, said lead counsel for Mr. Schnatter, 
Dennis Miral of Middleton Rootlinger. Following this ruling on the motion to dismiss, we look forward to advancing our case before the court in delivering justice for Mr. Schnatter. It is uncertain quite yet exactly when the case will proceed, but one thing is certain. Schnatter stepped down as CEO of Papa John's in 2018 after he blamed declining sales on football players protesting the treatment of black people in America, causing their stock to fall 30%. He then used the N-word during a conference call. Goth news! That's goth news. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world of goth. Yeah, especially in the Papa John world. Uh, I mean, it seems like it's always like pretty hot. I mean, the, yeah, uh, it's, it's like a pizza oven, Papa John's world. Always hot. Always always, hot. always five to 600 gooey. degrees. Wood hearth. I mean, I don't think they would use wood hearths there. They can't. Probably no, not. No. 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 They're just, not definitely gas ovens. Yeah, yeah. No. They're, <laughs> they're the garlic butter place. No one even cares about their pizza. I mean, I'm going to be honest, though. I honestly uh, really like Papa John's pizza. Uh, uh, like, have you always liked it? No. Okay. When did you start liking Papa John's? I mean, probably like almost like a year ago. Okay, so it's post John Schnatter then. Yeah, no, I think that that was a good, probably good dropping, yeah. dropping down. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you say that word during a conference call, I feel like it's a good idea to uh, fire that person. <coughs> I, I agree, but I guess the question is like, what if his pizza was the best pizza in the world? Would people care as much That's at a that great point? Great question. I mean, like, it was already sort of bad pizza, so... It is, but it's, like, very lowest common denominator, like, Midwesterner pizza. It's, yeah. like, for pe- people who don't have a good pizza place in their town. You yeah. Know? I it, mean, it's it's everywhere. Right. It's, and it's, it's so funny, too, because it's, like, when you see a Papa John's, you'll probably see a Papa Murphy's, like, right? almost, like, right next to it. I always... Yeah, I feel that's super weird. And, like, Papa John's is way bigger than Papa Murphy's. But, yeah, it seems like there's multitudes... It's here in Washington. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, like... They'll be in the same I, parking lot. Honestly, I just don't understand why anybody would ever buy a Papa Murphy's pizza. Yeah. It's a ta- it's a it's essentially like a frozen pizza just, you take home and cook in your own oven. It's like I mean it's a little bit better than frozen a, pizza. A little bit better, but the reason I go to like get a fucking pizza is for the professional well, equipment they I cook think that it that's on. That's the bit. Like if it wasn't as expensive and it was like because I feel like you're paying you're paying as the much full pizza price as yeah. you'd be paying for a pizza right, going right. to this. And like, place I mean, and you're so. paying like double what you pay like Domino's, and they're the exact same fucking ingredients. Um. So yeah, what's up with that? I don't get it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I've actually been doing Papa John's every now and then. Uh, mm-hmm. Haven't been eating that kind of stuff recently, but Papa John's has some some good pizza deals. I'm gonna just say that too. Fair, fair. I, I uh, their, their carryout deals are really good. Uh, you can get usually uh, three toppings. Unfortunately, I don't think we have a uh, Papa John's anywhere near here. We have a Papa Murphy's up in Totem Lake, but, but not, not there was a Papa, Papa John's. John's right uh, within walking distance of here, but it turned into a ramen shop a couple years ago, which I'm fine with. It's a really good ramen. Huh. So. so this isn't because of like a pizza gate kind of situation? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they were, maybe they had like, they were trading children in the basement or something. Uh. I should I should have taken an assault rifle in there and be like, this place just like Comet Ping Pong. Fuck you. Rat tat 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 tat. Rat tat tat tat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, gothness. Where's John Podesta? Fuck you. Rat tat 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 tat. Hillary's emails. Fuck you. Rat tat tat tat. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, goth news. I, I like that part. 
Thanks. That's you know, it's it's part, a great part of the show. Yeah, part, part of the show where I, I actually have a Google alert that like tells me when like goth news comes up, and I gotta say, um, I'd say forty five percent of it is entirely about the actress Mia Goth. She's a very popular actress, but not goth. She's not goth, but her last name is goth. So it comes up, right? And she just t- she up. just had a kid with uh, Shia LaBeouf. So like, tons of articles about them. Uh, the other forty five percent of the articles are going to be about like, oh, uh, this person, usually a Kardashian, uh, dressed in this goth fashion, and it's always just like them in a black dress, like oh, they're, they're super goth. Like, okay. gosh, it makes me think. Uh, I don't know why, but. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. He's been, oh no, one hundred percent. He's like him and him and fucking uh, Megan Fox or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they had a, a goth wedding, and there was like for like two weeks, every single like goth like news article was that pushing into that. Like he's more like pushing into the Avril Lavigne kind of thing. They're making a he's, comeback. Also, he's, he's pushing into actually have a song together. Yeah, he's pushing into whatever he thinks will make him money. Was like the he was on Warp Tour the most recent he, he, one. Well, he was. So I don't know if you knew this though, but he's stopped making pop punk entirely. So he made those two pop punk albums that Travis Barker produced, and then he decided he's going to go back to being a rapper now. Huh. So, I don't know. I mean, he wasn't good at pop punk sounds. Did you ever see his uh, cover of, I think it was Ariel's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, that was bad. The live cover, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone is on in tune except for his voice. <laughs> oh, that's my like God. Such like a, that's a ballsy song to, it, it, to like, try. No, yeah, like, to try trying, to go trying for. any of Serge's, because Serge has a crazy range. Yeah. Like, you don't realize yeah. it because he just goes so low, but he's got, like, a four-octave range. Oh, yeah. And so, like, and he's opera trained so trying to emulate his voice requires a lot of training and a good voice yeah. uh, neither of which machine gun kelly has in any way and so it was real bad but he did what made him money yeah but it's i mean i guess into it. And, and even if it's not really making him money because his his pop punk albums actually didn't sell as well i don't think as his other albums but like his star rose just because he was with you know megan fox and so like he's more of a sort of like, celebrity now than he is like a musician which is whatever when garth brooks went off and did the chris gaines chris gaines stuff chris gaines. that sort of i love that uh, we no because chris gaines fucking rocked dude chris, chris gaines, gaines ruled does yeah. rule <laughs> Yeah, when I when I tell you I'm getting gains, I'm not talking about going to the gym, brother. <laughs> uh, speaking of gains, you want to get into a bucket fact? I'd love. What's a good bucket fact? Well, let's find out. Maybe it's not even good. Bucket fact. 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 Today we're going to talk about a fella Buckethead has recorded a couple albums with, but is rarely mentioned in the world of Buckethead. Anton Fire. Anton Fire is an American drummer, composer, and band leader. Born in 1956 in Cleveland, Ohio, Fire got into music at a young age through jazz, specifically Miles Davis, and began playing drums, joining his first band, The Punks, when he was just 13 years old. After existing in the Cleveland scene until his early 20s playing jazz and rock music, in 1978 he left to go pursue music as a career in New York City with the intention of eventually working for Miles Davis. Although he never got to work with Davis, he did catch the eye of one Bill Laswell, good friends with Buckethead, 
uh, then working for Herbie Hancock in the mid-80s and was contracted to play drums for Herbie. Through him, he became a drummer for legendary saxophonist John Zorn and released both of his solo albums on his label, Avent, in 1994 and 95, respectively. Buckethead appears on both albums, but I'm going to be honest. I couldn't find them. And I couldn't find them in time, but I don't know if they even really exist online. Uh, which is actually, I think, the first time that's happened for a Bucket fact. Like, I'm always able to find music, but these albums are fucking rare. Um, it's one of those albums that probably only exists in hard copies on a few shelves somewhere. Uh, maybe the Masters, maybe, and nowhere else at all. Which is a huge shame, because I'd love to hear Buckethead's take on what presumably might be a jazz album which we got a very small taste of with such albums he's appeared on as Company Week 91 and his stuff with John Zorn. Unfortunately, this bucket fact is also serving as a eulogy for Mr. Fryer, as he unfortunately passed just nine days ago. So rest in peace, Mr. Fryer, and enjoy your unlimited season pass to the big bucket headland in the sky. We listened to three more Pikes this week. Uh, yes, we did. Pike 312, 313, and 314. Titled, Gary Fukumoto, my childhood best friend, thanks for all the times we played. Vincent Price shrunken head apple sculpture. And rooster coaster, respectively. Some wow. crazy titles this week. Let's start on the first one. Pike 312. Gary Fukumoto, my childhood best friend, thanks for all the times we played. Released on May 13th, 2022. Two days after Furnace Follies. And what, like five months ago? Yeah, we're, we're in, in this year. Yeah, we're, we're catching, catching right up. So, mm. this one is separated into five different tracks. And I'd say they all kind of have a through line, a very like common theme to them. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's not, it doesn't get too repetitive. Uh, what do you think of this album? Well, yeah, you know, starting off with name, you know, I, I really uh, enjoy the name because mm -hmm. uh, uh, for, for those that don't know, uh, this host that is talking to you uh, mm -hmm. and, and I were good, good friends. Yes. When we were growing up. I, 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 I say, I say we still are. But mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> mm. eh, eh, mm. maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still we're still still good friends. We don't see each other as as often, but you know, we live a, a few hours away from each other, a couple hours, not Indeed. a few, but you know, it happens. Uh, Just a couple hours with the way you drive, am I right? Wow! <laughs> there were a lot of fucking crashes yesterday. Yeah, a lot of people. We're probably hurt. And uh, it's a good thing you have that fetish, like in the David Fincher movie Crash. I don't. Well, well, tell yourself that. This is why I don't come <laughs> to your podcasts. Yeah, but you come on the road. <laughs> oh, hey. Um, yeah. So, so when I listened to the album, I was driving down, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. I felt like the first two albums honestly gave me a lot of similar vibes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, or the the first two Pikes that I listened to. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this this first album, uh, what, what was it called again? It's uh, Gary Fukumoto, my childhood best friend. Thanks for all the times we played. Yeah. Thanks for all the times we played. Uh, I felt very 
much like it could be music that I would listen to almost like in a side scroller beat em up game. Interesting. Um, I felt like sort of like, yeah, side scroller beat em ups. I, I was really like in this like Ninja Turtles beat em ups kind of game. So, so, one thing he did use a lot here is he did a lot of like distortion and enveloping of his guitar, which made it sound super 8 bit for a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, did. Get it felt yeah, very yeah. much like a video game music. And I was like, you know, they recently have been reviving a lot of these 8 bit video game uh, mm-hmm. franchises like Streets of Rage. Yeah, uh, and and Ninja Turtles had a, a really great side scroller come out mm-hmm. uh, pretty recently. Oh, did it? That's interesting. Yeah, and you can actually play it uh, five people at a time. If if you could or maybe uh, six, actually you can do six. If you could revive or remake any or have them remake any action side scroller, what would it be? Any action side scroller, you know? I mean, they they'd mess it up, so I'd, I probably wouldn't have them do it. Uh, What's that? So we're not just talking beat em ups, or are we talking beat em ups? We're talking beat em ups. Yeah. I mean, probably The Simpsons. Yeah, I was thinking The Simpsons, but also X Men was so fucking good. X Men was really X-Men good. X Men was maybe. Well, and I could see them doing that because yeah. the X Men that they did it off of was based off of the 90s. Right, right. The 90s cartoon, cartoon which is awesome. I don't know um, if you've watched that. It's and see, so and that's good. the kind of music that I was feel, I felt mm-hmm. very like 90s. Like, that was the vibe I got. Bana. Yeah, and I just felt like it, it could really be like, yeah. D- is Buckethead does do they do much soundtrack stuff, or do they just do their pikes and call so they, it a day? They used to do a lot of soundtrack stuff. So they actually used to like work for a composer uh, named George S. Clinton, who uh, did the soundtracks for the first. I mean, the two Mortal Kombat films, um, like uh, Beverly Hills Ninja, uh, fucking last action hero like he, he actually has done quite a few soundtracks and some of his solo stuff even shows up on soundtrack like uh i love my parents uh is on johnny mnemonic mm. uh and so yeah he's he's got a lot of stuff here and there a lot of stuff that's just like purely soundtrack work but then some of his solo materials and so well. yeah i felt like very much like soundtrack vibes mm-hmm. and you know yeah i would say like you know if you do have the ability and you have you know Streets of Rage or Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. throw this album on, yeah. mute the the actual music and, and see mm-hmm. how it plays. I think that, you know, in some cases it would maybe, you know, make it a better experience. True. At the same it's time, really though, like, like one thing that I love about beat-em-up games, especially old 8-bit ones, one of my favorite things is the absolute dog shit but incredibly charming uh, sound effects. Because yeah. they're all 8 or 16-bit sound effects. So it's like, oh! Well, you might not have to get rid of that. Uh, yeah, a lot of games these days you can just turn off the music true, and, and leave true. the sound effects on. So true. turn off music, leave sound effects on. So you know what's something that I really miss that doesn't actually seem to be on like modern consoles really at all is on the original Xbox. You could upload all of your own music, and most games had an option to turn off the soundtrack and turn on your own music, mm-hmm. which was sick as fuck. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that on a... They they do it now. Oh, okay. They, they... But you just do it through like Spotify or, or, or stuff like that. Interesting. But you can actually... So yeah, you just... Okay. what If you go in and you're playing with Spotify, uh-huh. it, it'll keep playing Spotify. Really? And I, I guess I've like... never tried that on my it works, PS4. Yeah, on, on the okay. PS4. Yeah, just, okay. just oh. fine. Yeah, maybe it's Maybe check that out. Oh, that's something and for I most games, know. yeah, you can turn off the bum, music. Bum, bum, bum. But uh, yeah, I, I would recommend giving that a... Give that a try. Give, well give it a little try. Yeah. 
So yeah, um, a, I've thought about that album. Yeah, I, I, I like this album too. I didn't really get the the eight bit thing quite as much, yeah. especially since uh, what I got from it mostly was it had a through line through almost every single song that was like um like a super heavy effects driven like seventies Southern metal kind of thing. Yeah. Like the closest thing I could really compare it to is like Edgar winter, you know, that song Frankenstein. Mm. Um, yeah. Like it, it's very instrumentally, very like seventies, but it's got like this blues metal blues rock core to it, which is pretty cool. Um, second song also drenched in effects completely. Uh, he uses a lot of whammy pedal yeah. and the, uh, the uh, like the synth envelope, the line six pedal that he always uses. He uses a ton of both of those on this album, which is great. I like both those effects. He maybe overuses them because, you know, it leaves a little less room for an actual like melodic, interesting or like lead guitar. And in as much, there's like not really leads or solos on this album. Uh, it's really more just like a bunch of riffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it, it sort of plays through, like, songs. Like, it's not just, like, riff, riff, riff. No, it, de- it definitely isn't. Um, and there's a lot of cool I mean, parts where... He does some where... weird stuff at the very end of the album. He does. There's Yeah, there's some really good songs, though, that are, like, very melodic for a little while. But then they're juxtaposed by, like, really atonal sound effects and distortions. And, like, yeah. Eh, 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 that kind of thing that he does with, like, the kill switch and distortion and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, pretty much every song on this album had a very kind of similar theme of that, like, I don't know, 8-bitty Southern rock thing, except for... That last uh, song. Uh, yeah, well, the last two songs. Um, track four, uh, Cayman Writer Ray 4, uh, was a clean song uh, that just, like, after a minute or so, breaks into, like, the huge southern prog funk thing again. So it starts out different, but then... Br- it goes you know, into big, it. Yeah, it yeah. becomes that. But yeah. yeah, then the last song is very strange because it's a, uh, a solo electric guitar piece that's, like, just a bunch of dissonant pickings and kind of ramblings. It sounds very improvised. I don't think he wrote it out. Um, but there is, like, one Seem- incredibly haunting and beautiful uh, finger-picking pattern that he had mm-hmm. to have thought before because... It's like one of the coolest things I've ever heard on any pike. And it comes a couple minutes into the song and it's just like hauntingly gorgeous. Like it's so fucking good. Yeah. I like this pike. Yeah. I, I, I really was, was stoked to listen to it mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it was as new as it was. I didn't look at the Wikipedia until after uh, to look at the, the album discography. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did. It felt yeah, like it. It was really good. Like I was, I was very impressed by the Buckethead. Yeah. Uh, this this album. Yeah. Overall, a uh, pretty good Pike, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, solid theme, and it didn't get too boring or tedious. No. Yeah. No. It was. It was great driving music. Yeah. Uh, if you could dedicate a solo album to a childhood friend of yours you haven't seen in a long time, who would it be? Uh. Well. Probably Spencer. Yeah. Would you consider him a childhood friend? Well, he's better than you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's Team why Spencer. He's, that's, that's why he's still on both podcasts, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you know, I mean, it would it would be between you and, and, and our close friend, Sam, to be completely honest. Yeah, I but think, you've seen you both know. of us fairly recently. Oh, that I haven't seen for a yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I have not seen. Yes, oh, cool, yes, cool. yeah. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Honestly, I hadn't seen you for quite some time, and and him, uh, but 
You know, that's just the way life is these days. I would say if I was going to dedicate to a childhood friend that I haven't seen for a long time, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Zach. Zach, Zach Shipman. Zach, yeah, I haven't seen Zach in like a decade. So he's now. back here. Uh, is he? Yeah, he moved back to Silverdale. So Interesting. Is he uh, still in the Navy? He just finished his bit, and he's working for Amazon and oh, okay, all cool. that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and now you all know about him and try to steal his uh, identity. Yeah, yeah. Zach Shipman, Silverdale, Washington. Uh, do you know any I of his? I do know uh, his birthday. You know his birthday. I know his social security number. So with our powers combined, <laughs> we I am tax fraud. <laughs> steal the identity. Um, but yeah, no, he was definitely a rad, a rad friend. And, That's uh, a fun friend to have. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I always really liked his dad because his dad was always just he was like one of those incredibly sarcastic parents who would like literally just hang out and make fun of his kids' friends, which oh, I yeah. always thought was hilarious. <laughs> he would always just like do epic burns on us, and I was just like, "That's that guy's an asshole," but it's kind of funny. Do what you got. If I had kids, I would I would do that. A hundred percent. I would just, just make, make fun of, of make fun kids. of my kids and their friends, and that's it. That, that would be my entertainment. I'd be fine with it. That's fair. Speaking of entertainment, Pike three thirteen, Vincent Price shrunken head apple sculpture, released on May twentieth, twenty twenty two, seven days after Gary Fukumoto, my childhood best friend. Thanks for all the times we played. So why do you think he's he's pushing these out so quickly? Do you think? I mean, he always kind of does. Um, there, I mean, there was a period of time uh, back in 2015 where he released an average of one pike every three days that year. Wow. And so, I mean, seven days for him can actually be quite a stretch for releasing an album. Um, but one does have to wonder, because before this, uh, for about a period of two years between 2020 or 2020 and 2022, he has like one of the shallowest periods of releases besides like 2018. Hmm. Um, and he only releases like, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 pikes during that period, which is very atypical for him. But once 2020, uh, 2022 starts back up, he, he just, just started hard. fucking releasing. Them maybe he recorded them during that time. Just wasn't releasing them. Yes. And no, because yeah. since then, um, He's released probably 15 live pikes and he hasn't played live except for Praxis and he's not he hasn't released any of those pikes but before that he hadn't played live since like the beginning of 2019. Oh wow. And so like he recorded like at least half of these pikes like 3 or 4 years ago at least. Okay. Uh the live ones at least. And so but we're, we weren't quite sure, and I'm still not quite sure if he was just, like, recording a ton of stuff in 2020 and 2021, and just now he's releasing it. Because he could do that, but at the same time, it feels like he doesn't really sit on stuff that long. But who knows, because we've never known, you know, his artistic process for this. Does he do interviews at all? He's or... done one out-of-character interview ever. Okay. Back in 2017 with his therapist. Oh, yeah, and uh, he had the that taken down from them. So, like the therapist just put it up. Yeah, well, I mean, he or he, he said it. Was, yeah, up. he was. He said he was okay with it getting put up, but recently, uh, Buckethead did a DMCA takedown on it. Oh so, wow, okay, which okay. is super weird, right? Yeah. Huh. So apparently, he's not that comfortable with that information being out there, which is 
you know, I understand. When you anxiety. make a character. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I understand the anxiety and like, yeah, but it's it's kind of disappointing, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, but anyway, so this is yeah. the second album. Second album. Um, yeah, what do you think? So I, I felt very similar to the first album, uh, vibe-wise. I really yeah. loved the name of it. I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Very fun. And the, the like, tracks on here, the track titles are great. We have like uh, Turn Apples into Shrunken Heads, uh, track two. Having a shrunken head is like having Halloween all year round. Uh, track five, you'll find shrunken head apple sculpture kits wherever toys and crafts are sold. Like just great track names. It is great. I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, I guess that brings up some questions. Like, I guess Buckethead probably does enjoy Halloween. Oh, well, uh, he loves Halloween. It's probably I mean, one of their favorite so, oh, holidays. It, it is by is far yeah. his favorite holiday in as much Back in uh, 2015, I think, 2015, 2014, he uh, did a series of pikes called the 31 Days of Halloween, where he released a pike every single day in October and then uh, won the first day of November. Yeah. And so. Wow. Yeah. yeah no, and I, just, I feel like it's, it's, it's the perfect time to be mm-hmm. uh, reviewing this album. G- uh, given. Yeah, it is. But he, be... he released this on May 20th, which is. I'd say out of season. But, it's out of season, but yeah. we're we're getting into spooky season. We are now, so I you mean, know. it's a good time to listen, but maybe not the best time to release the album. I don't know. So that's uh, that's fair, you know. Yeah. But you know, Halloween all year round. So no, yeah, you know, if it was his choice. When you're a goth, Halloween is all year round. All year round. Do you, do so you, is that why you do the goth news? You would consider Buckethead goth? Maybe. Like I just I just do goth news because I'm a goth and. Uh, it's it's really more than anything a uh, a medium for me to be able to make fun of uh, pizza and goth patriarch Papa John Schnatter every single week <laughs> and point out that he said the N-word during a conference call every single week. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. He definitely did. He did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that this was, was a good album also. It was, again, sort of more just driving with it and uh, mm-hmm. felt very... Mm, very similar vibes uh, to the first. I'd say similar. One. I feel like this Not one was a little more exactly. fleshed out, and also yeah. like he experiments more with this one. I'd oh, say I see. Too. I see. So yeah, he does a lot of like cool techniques on this one. Um, one one thing though, I gotta say is like track one kind of threw me for a loop because it is a very like conventionally written song. It's like literally like intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, end, mm. which is not. Buckethead's way of songwriting at all. Yeah. Like, you might hear one Buckethead song that has like that traditional writing structure, maybe once in every like 50 pikes. It is not something he does. And so like listening to that one, I actually had to listen back to it twice because I'm like, man, this sounds like kind of repetitious. And like he just did the exact same transition he did earlier. And I listened to it. And I'm like, that. weird. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, there's that. It was it was all right. Um I really like track two because it, it was a funky metal song, like a little bluesy, like <laughs> on the previous album. Um, uh, Pike two, or sorry, three twelve. Uh, Gary Fukumata, my childhood best friend. Thanks for all the times we played. Um, Such a long name. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> uh, I'm gonna take every opportunity to say it. Uh, so um, he does like a super dissonant chromatic death metal riff on here which is really cool, but, like, as Buckethead is, there's no blast beats. And so it's not actually really death metal, but it's, like, 
He could definitely play death metal if he wanted to anytime. Mm-hmm. All he needs is to program his drums to, you know, have blast beats. And it sounded fucking cool. Um, track three, though, was probably my favorite track on here. Maybe my favorite track of the week because it's just a pretty short track. But he has a guitar slapping part on here that is so fucking cool and so mm-hmm. fucking good. Mm-hmm. I love when people play slap guitar and it's super rare. And Buckethead is, like, one of the best at it. I yeah. fucking love his guitar slapping. It's sick as hell. Um, from there, there's another, like, uh, next track, an insane death metal riff. I feel like this one is a lot like the previous Pike, uh, Gary Fukumoto, my childhood best friend. Thanks for all the times we played. Um, but harder. Like yeah. More death yes. metal, a little more driving, a little more dissonant, a little more chromatic, just a little bit eviler. Like, if Gary Fukumoto was like an evil warlord as his childhood best friend. Thanks for all the times we played. Um, I think, I think that would be this album. Tight. Like, uh, That's good. Gary That's Fukumoto, good my childhood best friend. Thanks for all the times we tried to take over the world. It would probably <laughs> some, some, something a little more villainous. Um, it did. It had, it did have a darker, uh, vibe to it. Yeah. And there was also like a little bit more leads and solos like track six. Um, Boy, your kit now, or buy your kit now and get a head start. Great pun. Um, it's like just like a minute and a half long, and it's like an effects solo. Mm. He's just playing around with his effects, which mm. is cool. You know, I, I like when Buckethead just kind of like goes completely off the path and fucks around. You know, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you could make a shrunken head apple sculpture out of anybody. Who would it be? Who would it be? Probably. You know. I'm trying to think. I mean, like, if I was just going to make somebody's head really small, like an apple skull, like, it would just be me not making them into it just like using an apple like well it's yeah it's using an apple and yeah like... yeah and so like you're proudly displaying like someone's likeness in your house but they're a uh, shrunken head apple sculpture okay um yeah probably i don't know i mean maybe my dad Pro- probably my dad ooh with a funny beard probably that'd be sick as hell yeah, I'd, I'd give him a, a little, yeah, little stubble. Yeah, yeah, little stubble rubble. Yeah, hell yeah, Good proudly, that. love that. Have my dad. It's good. Good choice. It's uh, it's uh, Stephen Stephen A. Thorpe, uh, shrunken head apple sculpture. Excellent shrunken head oh. sculpture. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Moving on, Pike 314, Rooster Coaster, released on June 3rd, 2022, 14 days after Vincent Price Shrunken Head Apple Sculpture. Uh, this one was fucking wild. This one was, was way different. Yeah, yeah, what what'd you think of this? So I felt like uh, we got some, like, vibes of it in that last song from the first pike you're not wrong um and that sort of led into that so it's like that's again like i just wonder like how his recording for these happens and if he's just like because it felt like that song like it's almost like this is where i'm gonna go but it wasn't 
the next album that he went there. Right. It ended which, up being Which makes me kind of wonder like away. if he records these out of order. And that like, was my uh, question yeah, yeah, yeah. when yeah. I heard it because I was just like, huh. Mm-hmm. Or if he like, yeah, records like enough songs and he's like, these ones can go together and these ones can go together kind of bit. Right. Um, so yeah, I got vibes. It was a way different album. It was a bit, yeah, just funkier, a little bit more experimental. Um, but m- less like rockin', like a lot less rockin'. L- less rockin', but like a lot more frenetic. Like he does some straight up metal stuff in here. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's a mile a minute. It's one of those ones like, uh, if, if, you know, you listen to the Pikes, it's like kind of like Miskatonic scale, uh, roller coaster track repair, Jeopardy backwards in which he doesn't repeat anything ever. He just does a lot of different ideas and different riffs and just matches them up to where they actually fit together as songs. So mm-hmm. there's uh, six different tracks on here, but we can just kind of throw that out the window because, I mean, he doesn't repeat anything. There's no themes to any of the tracks. Like, none of the tracks are, like, what I'd call, like, completely cohesive songs. Mm. Like, if he played this as one big track versus the six separate tracks, it wouldn't make wouldn't any know. difference yeah. because, like... The you know the space between the tracks is like negligible, and it's just like crazy riff, and then the next crazy riff starts, which is just how he's making these songs. So, uh, which frankly is actually my f- favorite kind of Pike, and this one was easily my favorite Pike of the week. Yeah, yeah. Like I you love like when, when he just... is just like manic, going off the rails, and you know I feel like maybe the reason I like that so much is because that's one of the things Buckethead does that is completely unique to Buckethead. Mm. Like there's nobody else making music like Rooster Coaster that I know of. Yeah. It is very frenetic, very individual and very much Buckethead. It's the essence of Buckethead to me, which is why I think I like it so much. Hmm. Big fan of this one. Yeah. And I I guess like, yeah, I I don't listen to as much Buckethead um, on this, this cast, but I, you know, have now listened to six Pikes. You have. <laughs> um, and I, I'd say I probably didn't like this one as much. That's fair. Uh, I mean, a lot of people don't, re- uh, I mean, these are very divisive in the Buckethead community because a lot of people do like that more traditional kind of melodic rock with like big soaring solos and stuff like that. I just felt like I could hear the other stuff like on, like I was saying, like video games or soundtrack mm kind of stuff. And this one, I didn't really see its place, but after you explained it a little bit more, it's like, you know, it makes. Yeah. Cause I guess the theme, I mean, the other two definitely have themes where the theme to pikes like this is there is no theme, Mm -hmm. which is a theme in itself. But like, I guess definitely a more, heady kind of avant-garde type of way to explore music. And, you know, especially for, you know, someone who enjoys like very melodic music like you and like stuff that's, you know, this is not for you. This is not melodic. This is not, you know, you can't sing this at all. No. And and it felt more avant-garde and just like more jazzy. Like it just felt like, and, and I could see where, like, yeah, I just, like, even, like, in some of the stuff, when he was doing some of the slappy stuff, like, I was just thinking of, yeah, some, some of this, like, really complex bass playing, like, where mm-hmm. it's, like, that's cool, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's not for everyone, and it's it's definitely, like, you know, it's... Like, it is cool. It, it is cool, but it's, like, music for musicians. Yes. You know, it's, yes. like... It's like a movie made entirely for actors, where if you're not an actor, you watch and you're like, well, those were good performances, but I don't know if I like the movie. I mean, you probably listen to this album and you're like, 
I mean, obviously he's a fucking amazing instrumentalist, but uh, I didn't love it. It was because it's not cohesive. And, uh, it's and not... I guess I was also like at the end of my my trip, so mm. you know, I listened to it, but I was sort of ready for right. And this this really would have been a good first pike to listen to, probably because mm, yeah. it would have like jazzed you up, maybe. But like you know, at the end of a trip, you're done with a long drive where you're caught in a bunch of accidents and shit, yeah. like. You know, this is probably not the best thing to end on. And I maybe that. That was sort of the vibe. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I wanted to listen to them in order. So that's what I that's what I did. That's fair, man. Um, so if uh, it's a rooster coaster, if you could put your cock, your okay. rooster, if you, rooster. Could, if you could uh, make one ride out of it in a theme park, what, what would it be? The helicopter. Helicopter. Is there a ride? Is there a helicopter ride? Sure, there's a helicopter ride. Theme parks? Yeah. Where? I mean, I'm sure we can just look up at the helicopter theme park. (laughs) I don't think that exists. It does. I don't think it does. That doesn't sound right to me. The helicopter theme. (laughs) I don't know why that idea is so funny to me. There's like an entire theme park centered around helicopters. That's so specific. I thought it's it was like, just a ride. We're talking you wanna, just old theme parks. You want? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I guess I misunderstood the question. <laughs> Welcome to Helicopter World. Do you want to get on the helicopter coaster or maybe the helicopter ferris wheel or how about the helicopter teacups <laughs> you can do it though <laughs> it's like it's ripe for all kinds of design i feel like no one likes helicopters that much. <laughs> a couple people i'm sure <laughs> maybe we could make helicopters huge Jesus. I mean, after Kobe, I don't think so. I, I think culture is against helicopters Ooh. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, good good answer. <laughs> I guess. All right. Uh, well, that was all of the pikes that we reviewed for the week. With that, would you like to take a journey with me, my friend? Yes, let's journey. Let's take a trip into the Bucket Four. Statements from the Bucket Bucket Void Oh my god Here we are We're in the Bucket Void This is the place where we talk about YouTube comments on the Bucket albums Um, So Let's get right into it Starting off with the first one we listened to this week Pike 312 Gary Fukumoto, my childhood best friend. Thanks for all the times we played. Um, sea Love Travels says four months ago. Uh, what type of person do you think Sea Love Travels is? I mean, they, they obviously love to travel. Okay. So what, what type of person? Uh, so they're probably sort of like the, the bro kind of granola bro. Oh, okay. So Sea Love Travel says four months ago, uh, before work, I decided to listen to this 10 minutes into it, and I'm on an asteroid passing by Saturn. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. I like They like fish. Uh, like the band? Or? Well, no, they like Buckethead. Yeah, but they probably like the band Fish as well. Maybe. 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 
All right. Next, we got a comment from uh, Aaron Serrano, number two, three months ago. I wonder if they're a clone. Uh, what kind of person is Aaron Serrano? Aaron Serrano is a pretentious music uh, lover. Oh, definitely. All right. So uh, Aaron Serrano, number two, says three months ago, edited. So cool of him to dedicate a pike to his childhood best friend. I'd like to do the same thing. Buckethead really inspired how I want to be a musician, down to earth and personal. Well, maybe the guy's more personal, but yeah, it doesn't sound like that big of a douche. But who knows? <laughs> you never know. It's just it's just a fucking comment. It's like two sentences. He's probably a douche. Who knows? All right. Next, we got a comment uh, eleven days ago, very recently from Lucas RM Seven. What uh, what what type of person do you think Lucas RM Seven is? Uh, he is <laughs> just from his picture. He's, he's a big video game player. He's a sure, sure. professional Twitch streamer. Oh, okay, professional Twitch. All right. Hey, what's up? It's your boy. No, uh, <laughs> Lucas RM Seven. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Lucas RM Seven back with the good stuff. I believe Buck used to the technique of the future in this last song because when I heard that I smelled burnt popcorn. The technique that we smell when listening to audio that they are starting to invent now. My brother showed me, or sorry, my mother showed me is a podcast here on YouTube with Michelle D'Souza, Brazil. What the what? fuck is he saying? What? Right? <laughs> well, like, if you're smelling burnt popcorn, it's usually a, a bad stroke. sign. You're having it's a It's usually stroke. a very, very bad sign for your mental health. Yeah. Wow. The technique that we smell when listening to audio that they are starting to invent now. And tied it to Burt Pop. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I saw this comment and I'm just, I, I spent, I read it like five times back to myself and I'm like. Because when I heard I smelt burnt popcorn. The technique that we smell when listening to audio that they are starting to invent now. This person's having a stroke. Yeah, I probably. You know what? I'm. I'm. Yeah. And Luca, somebody just told him that this is like new music technology. He's yeah, like, I, does anybody else smell burnt popcorn? I should. I should have probably read this comment out of only one side of my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, that was dark. That was very dark. Things get dark <laughs> when we're in the bucket void. Yeah. Right. Let's 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 just move on. Um, so, Dark Orchard says four months ago, what type of person? Dark Orchard. Um, they are probably a clown. Ooh, I like that. Hey, kids! Some people invade countries when told to do so. Some people balk it the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Talking about geopolitics, Mr. Clown? You know. Maybe you shouldn't be working a child's birthday party. Not hey, all clowns are for hey, children. Hey, kids! George Bush did 11 <laughs> Oh, did do you know Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself? Honk honk. <laughs> well, I love that it was like Bach too. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they balk out. Balk the fuck out. All right. Next, we got a couple comments. One by Jamon Triple Six Nine. Great name. Nice. Um, and then a reply from Toki Wartooth. Uh, Toki Wartooth, obviously. Toki Wartooth is Toki Wartooth. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll do that is him. But uh, what kind of person is Jamon 
6669. Jamon 6669 is, uh, you know, I, I think that Jamon 669. Yeah, nice. God, what what would Jamon six six nine be? I, I, I think of Jam- Jamanji. Jamona. I think like, of I, I think like of uh, Michael, Jackson. Michael Jackson. Jamona. Jamon. Jamona. <laughs> so satanic. Uh, satanic Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. All right. Uh, can't find. <laughs> can't, can't find a single piece of information about Gary. Satan. Uh, no, <laughs> that's that's all I got. And Toki Warteeth says, uh, "Same here." Pretty good. Yeah, thank you. All right. Pretty good. And uh, last uh, comment for Pike uh, 312, Gary Fukumato, my childhood best friend, thanks for all the tennis we played, uh, is from a friend of the podcast, Jason Evans, uh, who I've, I talk to regularly on the internet. So you know what kind of person Jason Evans is? For the most part, yeah. Jason Evans says, three months ago, edited. Almost every dude named Gary I've known has been a colossal douche. Oh. Only decent Gary is Snail from SpongeBob and hope Mr. Fukumato is as well. Well, and that, that I think is, is the the way to look at it. Yeah. Jason, like, I mean, would Buckethead be making an album and dedicating it to their childhood best friend if, if, he was if a douche, they were doubt a douche? It, doubt it, of course. Very Like, very probably sure. not. So you, I think that we're just going to assume that it is like Gary from... From SpongeBob. Indeed. All right, moving on um, to Pike three thirteen, Vincent Price shrunken head apple sculpture. Uh, we've actually we're going to open this one up with uh, another comment from Jason Evans, who we just heard from. He says four months ago, if this Pike were an apple, it'd def be a fresh ripe honey crisp, which I agree with. It's a great apple. What uh, what's your favorite apples, Scott? R- you know what? Rank your apples. Give me your top three. So I like an opal apple. Uh, Inter- that is a very, very uncommon answer. Yeah, opals. Opals can be good. Opals. I think that they, opals off yeah. season can get super mealy. Yeah, but no, like, I don't like them. Fall time opals are pretty great. Yeah. Fall opals pretty good. Um, pink lady. Really, I hate pink lady. Really yeah, you're not not into no, pink lady. I hate, yeah. Hate pink lady. Next, you're going to um, say Red Delicious. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> if you do oh, that, we'll throw you out that fucking window. <laughs> um, granny uh, Smith. A green, a green one. Yeah. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I like a, a, a nice tart apple every yeah. now and then. You know what? Granny Smith is my number one. Granny Smith I is your, your number love one? I love Granny All right, Smith. well. I'm preci- you, you actually don't have Honeycrisp on there. Oh, I do like Honeycrisp. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I just honestly don't take... I don't, I don't eat a lot of apples. I... I don't. I was actually gonna offer one last night because I've got a couple Granny Smiths. Um, you know what I do, which is like the best dessert ever. What do you do? Uh, so, uh, Lighthouse makes like little cups of caramel. Oh yeah. I get I get a cup of the caramel. I cut up a Granny Smith apple, and then I get a nice wedge of blue cheese, super sharp. Mm. Like all three of those together, it is like super rich, good, and it's like actually pretty low calorie. It's like yeah. it's a great dessert. Huge Damn. fan. Huge fan. Huge. Uh, so, uh, magic or metal magic and mayhem, uh, responds to Jason Evans four months ago. Also shrunken, of course, sweaty face emoji. Next, uh, we've got a comment from, uh, whoa, what, what is their name? Uh, if you don't love Buckethead, I can't trust you. Hilde. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this dude. Oh no, it's I think it's woman, a lady. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, just really wants to express this this truth, their yeah, what, truth. What, what kind of person do you think? There's somebody that needs to express their truth. Okay, oh, fair enough. So nice, this God. I became mad. Heart eyes emoji. Upside down smiley face emoji. Thumbs up emoji. This is wonderful. Heart emoji with the dot on the bottom, which I don't know what that means at all. Wow. She is. But uh, they can't trust Hildy. No. Not one bit. Yeah. Well, I think that might but they be. They could her trust name. almost everybody. I'm here. guessing that's her name. That's probably like, listening Buff, to this. If you don't love Buckethead, I can't trust you. And then Hilday is her name. I think. Oh, that's okay. what I'm guessing. I, you See, know. I sort of read that the opposite way. Like they were just trying to like I don't, really. Call I don't trust you, Hilday. Fuck you, Hilday. <laughs> you don't. Like you don't know Buckethead. shit about music. <laughs> All right. So next we have a. Uh, a comment three months ago from Carpenter Joe. What kind of person's Carpenter Joe besides a carpenter? Uh, he is a musician. He's a, an electronic oh, musician. An, an he's an asshole. An, he's an, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, an EDM artist. EDM? Okay, okay. So Carpenter Joe says three months ago, Buckethead is more about charging $209 for a stick figure drawing than making legible music these days. This isn't even a shit stain compared to what he used to put out into a comprehensive tune. So I rate this as a skid marks at best. Wow, Carpenter Joe. Yeah, that was a heated. Yeah, like which is crazy. This this is a good pike still. I I mean, yeah, that's a very weird I mean, because again, like I felt like there were a lot of comprehensive moments in this one yeah that guy is just like i don't know like a lot of people really started souring on buckethead within the past like two years just because of the overall quality of the pikes in general hmm. um i think that that's that that is something that i was really worried about listening mm-hmm. and seeing that they put out as much content and doing something similar like or used to, i used to release so much content like to, and like a lot of it's just not up to to quality yeah i mean though i felt like honestly everything i listened to was was really good quality yeah, yeah like, me too I mean, these were three well solid pikes for sure yeah uh yeah so anyway so uh next we got a comment from greg hyacinth hyacinth why not hyacinth yeah yeah uh, greg hyacinth four months ago what type of person do you think he is uh he's greg he's uh, a little socially awkward he's a bit shy Okay. Greg Hyacinth says four months ago, mm. this pike feels to me like a way better version of Theater of the Disembodied, which is great. I love it, especially tracks two and three. Missing him picking that funky bass again, and heck, what a groovy and synthful return to it. But yeah, the whole pike is pretty good, and by the way, I used to think that he should make a shrunken head-themed pike long ago, and heck, what a response I get. <laughs> We're, so Craig's just been really holding out for the yeah for uh, this theme yeah yeah and he's like oh Buckethead finally listened to me <laughs> oh Buckethead loves me but what if what if Buckethead really did you be my who knows like because Buckethead obviously spends some time on social media because like recently he put up a thing on uh, his website like asking what uh 
songs from Pikes people would want to hear him play live. Oh, cool. Which, like, he doesn't have a, a place you can actually comment on it on his website at all. So the only place you actually <laughs> see responses to that are on social media somewhere. See, and that's that's the hard thing. It's like I feel like there's probably so much amazing music in these pikes, but there's just so much to be able to even to go through. through. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like it's cool because like it is sort of like treasure hunting. You could find a lot of stuff over time, mm-hmm. and people will still be finding like awesome tracks like years down the line. For sure. But I think it's hard to figure that kind of stuff out. Very. Unless you have like a very huge fan base. Does Does he have any like? Uh, the, does he do stuff on other social media? Is it mostly just Instagram, Twitter? He, he's not on any of those things. He doesn't do social media at all. Well, he should really, I mean, I, I, he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's like... part of the mystique, I guess, and other people do social media for him, so. Okay. It's not something he definitely needs, and also, yeah, would I think, you know, it is part of the mystique, so I think, you know, social media, like, if you want to find an easy way to, like, find out how to hate someone, just like spend a lot of time looking through their social medias. Cause you'll find something you completely disagree with someone on, mm. you know? Um, but I just feel like, yeah, he just has so much content and that he could have a larger reach than he does. Uh, he could, but does he want that? And that's a good, I mean, well, he's obviously releasing pikes like often, often, maybe it is just because he wants to do it, but you can buy all of his pikes, you know, off Bandcamp and, yeah. you know, get it. 75% off, which is like still like over $200 to buy all of the pikes. True, but I mean, it's a lot. And that's 75% music. off. Like, oh. it's almost a grand. Like, I mean, if you weren't going to like buy them all discounted. Right. I wonder if anyone's ever done that. And that's my question. Too. It's, yeah. like, it's just so much. And, and when was his last like actual album released? Um, I guess that would have been Electric Ocean. I think that was 2018. And does he do, does he take the stuff that's on the pikes? ever and put them into the actual albums or is it just like if it's on a pike it's it's done um if it's on a pike he doesn't release it on anything other than the pike or has he released some of I'm the songs to think, on to albums so i don't yeah i don't think he has at all okay like um no and he hasn't really he's only played a couple of the songs from the pikes live even so but he's trying to figure that out like he, he is, wants to he play is. more right. of them because he knows that he has good content. He has good right. stuff. Which, I mean, it's interesting that he really, he's only played a few of the tracks from the Pikes before, which is really interesting because, I mean, the last time he toured was like 2018, 2019. And by that point, he already had like 200 Pikes. So it is kind of strange to me that he doesn't really play them out more. But and maybe again, maybe we're, you were saying, like, maybe it doesn't matter to him and it's really just yeah. that passion project right. for them. And also, like, I mean, recording these so quickly, it's I very much doubt he actually knows, like, any of these songs, basically. Yeah. You know, I mean, how are you? But, I mean, you'd go back and try to, like, you know, learn Right, right, exactly, song, of course. You know, and I'm sure, like yeah, he could. I, yeah, 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 you know. yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty fun, though. All right, next we got a comment from Michael Lieb one month ago. Uh, what kind of person is this feller? Michael Lieb is a skater. Okay. Old skater or new skater? Uh, an old school skater. All right. Michael Leap says one month ago. <clears throat> I must say this man has to be my favorite artist putting out music these days. And that's saying a lot with Roger Waters and Robert Plant still out there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Roger Waters. Uh, <laughs> it's gotten insanely political lately and it's awesome. Yeah. He's like super like pro trans. He's incredibly anti-war. He's like the only celebrity who's like 
yeah, maybe we shouldn't just be giving unlimited weapons to Ukraine. Uh, and everyone mm. else is like, how could you say that? You're a Republican. And he's like, no, I'm a real leftist. Like, it's so crazy to me how many supposedly anti-war people, the minute Ukraine was invaded, are like, oh, oh but not this war. This war's fine. Which is, I mean, that's been the repeat. Yeah. You know. Yeah, all there's wars, so many of those. All wars like, dog shit. This is just where somebody a, says one thing and yeah. it's just like, oh, we're doing this. And then you can go to their old interview. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, but that's that's politics. We're we're talking buckethead. Yeah. We're talking the the head. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Let's move on from politics. Get into some Kenneth McNamara. This is a pretty this guy comments on like every single video. He's um at this point we call him uh like a discount carry king from Slayer, because that's what he, his profile picture looks like. But he comments on lots of stuff. Yeah, he does. Uh, so I think I already got a voice for Kenneth McNamara. All right. He says, uh, four months ago, what an, ama- what an awesome, amazing riff. Bucket style songwriting is truly one of a kind, and his guitar tone is always insane. Thank you, Big B, for sharing all of what you love and create. You're the G-O-A-T for sure. Yep. Thanks, Kenneth. It's that goat. What's the frequency, Kenneth? <laughs> all right. That's all for uh, Pike 313, Vincent Price Shrunken Head Apple Sculpture. Let's move on to our final Pike of the week, 314 Rooster Coaster. Wow. I can already see that people had a lot more long opinions on this one yes yes several people had very long-winded opinions on this but uh thankfully simon turner first comment did not it's pretty short yeah yeah what uh what is what is what type of person we got simon turner simon turner is a let's see he lives in the caribbeans okay so he's got a caribbean black accent like jar jar binks uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. According to Alex Jones, Jar Jar Binks has a Caribbean black accent. Really? That was what they... He literally said, that is a quote from Alex Jones, which is like one of the funniest things ever said. So we're going to do, this is Jar Jar Binks. Misa. Simon Turner says three months ago, I'd love to see what he could come up with if you locked him in a room with Tom Morello and Steve Vai. Um, and then... <laughs> Funkadelic Sun Wizard replies to him three months ago. Just a great comment. Three men enter, one man leaves. Uh, who do you think would would, would leave? Would actually, yeah. Who do you think would win in like an actual physical battle between Buckethead, Tom Morello, and Steve Vai? Well, and is this a physical battle, or is this just like a guitar they battle? all like got together and two of them ended yeah. up? Sort of. Well, it's only one man leaves. So, well, what if they sent one of the men away because no, they wanted no, to have like? No, a, this is. I mean, this is like a quote from from Thunderdome. Like, that I means mean, one man has to, two men have to die. Not necessarily. Two men could be in there fucking. One man could just be asked to leave. He might be being a weirdo. So okay, in that case. Which two guitars do you think be fucking and who's asked to leave in, in your fucking scenario, Scott, all right? We'll, we'll go with your story. Tell me, which two guitarists are fucking, who's top, who's bottom, and who's asked to leave, okay? All right, all right, all right. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably say Tom is, uh, you know, 
I, I think that Tom went in wanting to be the top. Right. But he, he's definitely bottom. But he ended up getting the bottom position. and To who? To who, though? Who's fucking him in the butt? Is it Steve Vai or Buckethead? Uh, it's probably, you know, Steve Vai, but I don't know. I mean, so, I, I don't he, know he Buckethead's he like, sexual be, preference. He doesn't get to be butt fuckhead. <laughs> but, but fuckhead. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's so, that's yeah. the name of the episode. <laughs> uh, three men enter, one man leaves. Because the other two are fucking. Yeah. Oh, I mean, one man enter, enters another man and one man leaves. Uh, that's terrible. All right, let's move on to a long-winded comment from Zachary Amsten from two months ago. What type of person do you think this guy is besides, you know, his profile picture is a boring-looking white guy? He is a watch repair uh, oh, man. God. Yeah, I bet he is. All right, Zachary Amsten says two months ago, I think I figured out what he's doing with these random sound and lines of play. Technically, they're all separate voices, right? So I think he might be composing speech in multiple voices that interplay with each other. Taken as a whole, it sounds random, like the transitions and voices themselves make no sense. But if you imagine those are separate voices, often getting into a very heated discussion. At least it makes a lot more sense to me now. Also, the harmonizing in minor seconds seem a bit like the voices are yelling at each other. Just listening in this way, entire catalogs of material that previously was inaccessible has now been revealed. Well, this guy is just making up fucking stories, man. <laughs> He's just like, I need to make this make sense to me. I, d I don't get it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a weird, weird but rationalization this of way, this music. Yeah, I'm like. It makes sense. I read that and I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you on about? Like, and also, what the fuck are you on? Because like, you don't come up with ideas like that sober unless you're like, um, you know, special, very special. <laughs> Speaking of special, error loading music says three months ago edited. What type of person is error loading music? Air loading music. Uh, they are a. Let's think. You know, I mean, obviously they got music in their name. I don't think that they're a musician. I think that they're an influencer. Okay. Hey, what's up? It's your boy. No, uh, <laughs> so, sort of like the the video game. <laughs> Air loading music says three months ago edited. Experimental and cool. Sounds very off the cuff. Though the last half is more structured. A bit like roller coaster track repair, which I liked quite a bit. I actually agree with that. I, I mentioned that. That's great. Wait, this so this there's another album called Roller Coaster Track, track repair. repair. Yeah, it's in the hundreds, I think, or early hundreds, or maybe late uh, non hundreds, aughts, whatever they call. Them. And this was Ro Rooster Coaster. Uh, yes, this is Rooster Coaster. So Rooster okay. Ro Rooster Coaster is one of those ones. There's like a bunch of albums, kind of like this, like the Miskatonic Scale, Jeopardy Backwards, Roller Coaster Track Repair. He makes one maybe every like 20 or 30 pikes. Okay. And, and they're my favorite. See, I pikes. took a rooster coaster as like a roller coaster thing. So that's interesting mm -hmm. that this is similar to the coaster, the other coaster album. I mean, like no. you said, you've done other ones also, but mm -hmm. it was interesting that they made that connection yeah. uh, to roller coaster yeah. track repair. Uh, Error loading music continues. The main chugga wugga riff motif throughout the pike is nice too. Edit. Album is even better on repeated listens. Lots of riffs that come and go so fast you barely get a chance to absorb them. 
I mean, maybe Zach, Zachary was on to something, and it's just like a bunch of people yelling at each other. Yeah. You got to catch. Fucking Zachary. Catch it after. Zachary's got some. Carpenter Joe's back. Carpenter Joe is back. Uh, I totally forgot what type of guy Carpenter He was the EDM uh, artist. Oh, that's right. That's right. So here we go. By no means as cohesive as cuckoo clocks from hell, but better than just riffs. If someone hadn't had enough of solo noodling yet, well, here you go. Which kind of makes sense because, like, um, prior to this, for 2020 and 2021, like, none of his pikes contained solos, which everyone thought was really weird. Hmm. Yeah, which I think is kind of weird. Just took a year off of soloing. Indeed. Uh, two years, actually, which is crazy. All right. Uh, so, uh, last comment on this album and last comment for Bucket, uh, sorry, uh, statements from the Bucket Void for the week is from Carlon27, three months ago. What type of person is Carlon27? An Irish priest. An Irish priest. Very well. Jesus! This might be the most Buckethead album of recent time. That and the future soundtrack to the remake of Battle Beyond the Stars. Boo-womp. Boo-womp. Pew, pew, smiley face. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sound a bit more Scottish, but, you know, that's all right. I said Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. Irish only. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll, all right. I'll, get, I'll, I'll give it to you. You know what? I'll give it to you, baby. <laughs> I'll give it to you, baby. Statements from the that part of the show where uh, we recommend something to each other. Hey, Scott, you want to go first? You want to recommend something? Something. All right. Well, I recommend walking. Okay. Christopher walking? Not walk-ins. No. But, uh, you know, a good walk is, is, a, is a great way to just really be nice to yourself. and sure. to. It's also a great way to uh, cook Chinese food. What's up, everybody? Hey, oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I uh, really enjoy walking. I got into it last year. Took a big. You sort just started of break. walking last year. Uh, just doing it regularly, you know, making it like a daily sort of thing, like finding a loop or some kind of like walk I could do for like an hour, kind of. That's fair. Uh, last year, uh, I got out of walking after I shattered my left foot. Well, that is something that will definitely stop you from walking. But I will say, you know, it, it was one of those, you know, I like walking as an exercise, but using it just as all of these different, like, uh, practices. Like, you can walk and you can listen to stuff or you can just be around the forest or, or whatever. I mean, I don't know how easily that would be where you live, but in Bellingham, it's pretty easy to, to find a cool forested space and, and to walk. Uh, so I, I'd say that that's really great. And then as I was talking earlier, like uh, just self-care, just in general, like uh, mm -hmm. the breath work is, is a lot of fun Yeah, uh, to explore uh, the self. And uh, yeah, self-care has really been a big part of my journey recently. So I would say making sure that uh, people are filling their own cups and coming, you know, with a fuller love for themselves into relationships and uh it's something that i'm working on uh so yeah but i feel like walking is such a good way to 
uh, do that, and you can get a lot out of it. So walking. Hell yeah, you heard it here first. You should all walk. And well, you can you... listen to this podcast. Just put, put yeah. some headphones on, listen mm-hmm. to this podcast, and walk around. Fill your cup, drink it up. And then drink it up. Walk. I drink Hear up. Hear us your... talk. Suck my cock. Well, if you want to. I will, not, I will attempt to, any... but it hurts my back walk. really bad. And so you could help. Really bad. Need to get that rib removed. That is a thing. So I watched a couple new movies this week. Is this um, your recommendation to me? Yeah, it is. Um, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, so I would recommend one of them, and I would not recommend one of them. All right. Uh, the one I would recommend is the 2022 film uh, Emily the Criminal, uh, starring Aubrey Plaza um, in a, a dramatic role. And she's great. Uh, the movie is really good. Good writing, good pacing, really good acting. Um, yeah, I would highly recommend that one. The one I would not recommend, uh, I saw a pre-screening for the brand new David O. Russell film that releases, I think, uh, next Friday the 7th. Uh, Amsterdam wasn't that great. It has a powerhouse cast, absolutely crazy cast that's completely stacked with like A-listers. And somehow they fumbled the fucking ball. It's a little bit of a mess of a film. Uh, it's supposed to be a mystery, but about a third of the way through the film, you figure out exactly what's going on and there's no mystery to solve. Mm. It's fine. Uh, Christian Bale basically plays a uh, World War One version of Dr. House. Okay. Yep. That's pretty much it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's uh, no dwarf movie. Yeah, so, yeah, and I'd also recommend we watched a little bit of a dwarf, it goes auto racing or some shit. Yeah, one, one of the dwarf movies. Yeah, we watched a dwarf movie last night, and it sucked so bad. <laughs> Tim Conway, um, he's hilarious, but those dwarf movies are not. Do you think that they could be hilarious in, like, the right state of mind? Like, if I mean, I don't know if they're on some, like, drugs, weird psychedelics. Uh, maybe, or, maybe. Like, it would just make sense. Maybe it's, would it ever make sense? I doubt. I mean, it, it's. I think it. Because I don't really know what they're trying sense to do back with in like Dorf. the '80s and the '90s, like back when that shit was funny. I mean, the the general one note joke is, "Hey, this dude is short, and also he's like, like midwestern ish." Well, and he's sort of like successful in what he's doing, at least in the racing. That was one. only in the racing one. Okay, because it was like I feel like he's always sort of meant to be sort of a goof, but in yeah, that, I guess like, he's kind of successful in the golf ones too. He was goofy still, and he did have like goofy. Yeah. Anyway, Dorf, don't or do watch Dorf. Whatever, Just you know, make whatever. decisions for yourself. Don't don't take our recommendations. We don't know shit. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of not knowing shit, I think it's time for some bucket jokes. You ready? I'm ready. What do Republican congressional aides and produce storage experts have in common? What? Both work with closeted fruits. Bro. What do public masturbators and new theatrical releases have in common? What? Uh, well, both are coming soon in a theater near you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know what they say, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. 
Take a man to a fish concert and he'll be high for a week. I do. I, it's true. I did some troubleshooting on my printer the other day. The guy at the repair shop says I probably shouldn't use a gun for that kind of thing. What do Canadian teen dramas and Mario talking about smoking mids have in common? What? Degrassi Junior High. De- Degrassi? Yeah, yeah, that one, that one's pretty um, good. I had a dream last night where I was smoking a ton of dank weed, but alas, it was only a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Do you hear the United Kingdom canceled their collaboration with NASA this week? What? Yeah. Well, now that they have a king, they can only go one space at a time. I like it. I'd like to hear Flat Earthers explain Daft Punk's 1997 smash hit, Around the World. (laughs) You can still go around the world. It's not if it's flat. I mean... What if it was just like a plane and you could just like still like go around it? Like, I think that's their idea. So anti-gravity. I told this girl I shoot blanks, so she let me raw dog her, which is a weird reaction to me talking about my theater prop gun. And here's here's my last joke: uh, guys with upward right curves in their dicks are coming right up. Wow. Yeah. All right, so uh, now a new thing I do in the bucket joke section is I uh, scour the internet for the worst and most unlike jokes of all time, mostly on Reddit. I just find everything with like a negative upvote count on, on the joke site. So here's awesome. here's some bad jokes for you. <clears throat> Wait, now we're giving me bad jokes? Shut up. <laughs> Jesus would be way more popular if he was a sourdough. That's it. Yeah. I may not go down in history, but I will go down on your little sister. Whoa. Whoa. I wish I was the guy who invented hotcakes. That's not a joke. It says it is. They, <laughs> they posted it on a joke subreddit. If you saw Jesus on the cross, it would be impolite to take a picture. Pro- probably. I mean... I tried a cigarette for the first time, and it feels great. I see myself going places, like the oncology ward. <laughs> My parents say I'm their heroin, but because I stopped using ecstasy, now it's just heroin. Your whole life's journey has been leading you to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's posted on a joke forum that one's sort of funny no it's not <laughs> my whole, my whole life. i mean we, we read it jokes on us yeah i guess our whole lives have led to this the jokes are on me um this might be me at my cockiest okay you can always tell a witch in a crowd because one chance in a million one chance in a million you only got one chance it's chance, C-H-A-N-T-S. So oh. One chance in a million. Oh, well. And here's the last bad joke. <laughs> uh, the government deeply cares about each and every one of you and does everything it can to help improve your daily life. Laughing my butt off. 
sure some people thought that was pretty funny. No, no one did. It had a negative upvote count. Because everyone hated it. Well, everybody on Reddit hated it. Yeah. All those those liberals. All right. Now it's time for uh, when I'm doing these uh, bad jokes, I choose the ones uh, that I actually find kind of funny. And so I have a hall of shame of the worst, the, the most unlike jokes on the Internet that are funny, in my opinion. All right. Here we go. If a vampire could ejaculate, I'd call him Draculator the Ejaculator. <laughs> the Twin Towers didn't really stand the test of time. A criminal can never swim because he's sin king. He's like the king of sin. (laughs) He's sin king. I hate that one so much. (laughs) Two women walked out of a library. They cleaned it so well. Kurt Cobain received mind-blowing head on April 5th, 1994. Oh, God. I damn. love that joke so much. It's damn. so bad. Oh, f- All right. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and here's my very favorite bad joke right now. A man walks into a stable and the horse says, Hey, why the small cock? Ha, 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 ha joke. Hey, that's the show. We made it on through. You we- got uh, You got anything to plug, Scott? Anything to plug? Anything you released recently? Uh, you know, I'm starting to, to work towards being able to share the breath work and all that. Um, and I'm going to start posting more on the internet. Nice. Uh, where, so, where can people find you on the internet, Mr. Scott? Well, so I'm on Instagram and on SoundCloud at We Forgot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one word. Mm-hmm. And then for the health stuff, it's going to be Ways We Forgot. Ways so, yeah, so I do have a bit of stuff I've been working at getting together for YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. mostly just figuring out posting times and all of that recently. Right. So I haven't really like had it go live to all of the people I know and sure, I've been sure. just seeing like organically how to build all of that up. So, um, but you know, you can find me definitely on Instagram or on Facebook at We Forgot and uh, on SoundCloud. I've got tons of music. Oh, yeah. Like, probably at this point, more than like 500 songs. Like, Damn, we got, we got Buckethead SoundCloud. Jr. over here. So I, I have a lot. And some of it's, you know, I think pretty cool, but there's a lot of trash there too. So hey, hey, you uh, know what? Even Buckethead does it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all make winners. You know, they can't all be winners. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say that, that that would probably be the, the, the things that I would be plugging right oh, yeah. now. And, uh, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for thanks for joining us. That was awesome. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, and you can find me at any social uh, at a bucketcast. Uh, however, you know what? Just go to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs, and, uh, you know, help support us. Help us make the both of our shows and go and listen to our other show, Soy Trek, my other show, rather. Yeah. Not, Whatever. Not the, the Royal R. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have been Britain. And I have been Scott. You've been listening to get in head a bucket cast stay greasy bucket heads namaste <laughs> <laughs>